Hey, how are you guys today? This is Rico Cortez from Wisdom and Torah Ministries, and this is WITCAST, W-I-T podcast, and I pray that all of you are joining us, and uh, we're really happy to be here. I have Rico Cortez, little Rico, Hello. my son. We call him little, but he's not little. I have he's, returned. Hello. Yeah, you have matured a little bit in the last 26 years. A little bit. Even though I look like 20, I know, but you know, yeah, let's exactly, not talk yeah. about that right now. Even well, though we do look like brothers, yes. We I do am, look yeah, like brothers, at least on a good day. So oh, I want to thank all of you for joining us, and I'm glad that um, we can meet up again, man. How have you been? I've been good. I've been really good. Uh, it's been busy, and you've been busy. You've been traveling quite a bit. Just since. got back from New, New Zealand and Australia. Amazing oh, yeah. countries. I, I got to say hello to everybody in Australia New Zealand, and I had a great time. They were very um, hospitable. The sceneries are beautiful. The food was amazing. And the weather, incredible. Yeah. All those pictures you sent me looked really nice. I wasn't bitter at all about that. Not well, you know, really, I mean, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. You know how it is. Oh. It's just, you know, next time you can go with us. Oh, cool. Next time. Yeah, I'll be there in 2025 next time. Well, you great. know, at least you got hope. Yeah, I have hope, but not much else. Hope well, you got to pay your own effort, you know. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and, ho and hope doesn't pay Delta for the flight over there. That's so. right. Amen. Jeez. Uh, well, the Lord's been good to us. Um, uh, you know, um, as you know, we've been having a lot of traveling this year. This year, I was able to at least take three quarters of the family, myself, Rico, and I mean, Jolie and Tito. We had a great time. We did miss you, though. We really did. Okay, good. And, um, you know, let me tell you something. It's so encouraging to go to another country, as beautiful as those both countries were, but to see that there are people there who are being ministered to, that they are... Uh, they're holding the fort together yeah, in that exactly. part of the world, you know, yeah. literally in one of the farthest places. By the way, people don't realize that, and I like to give a word of encouragement, you know, before we get into what we want to talk about today. But it's, it's quite interesting, Rico, that as I was teaching mm -hmm. the whole time, these verses came, came to mind. Oh, cool. You know, um, Deuteronomy chapter 30, okay. verse 1 through 11. I'm not going to read them all, but when you read these verses... When you're in those faraway countries, it really, really it hits home yeah. about the level of commitment that we need as believers, followers of Messiah, and also as teachers. Because it says, with all these blessings and curses, I have said before you, uh, I have said before you, come upon you and take you, uh, uh, and take them to heart whenever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. And when you and your children return to the Lord your Elohim to obey with all your heart and with all your soul, uh, uh, according to I command you everything I command you today, then the Lord God, your God, will restore your 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 good fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where He scattered you. And it's really overwhelming to think that that circumcision of the heart, just like the verses that will follow, mm -hmm. has reached literally. The farthest islands, the farthest places of the earth. Exactly. And and that's when you recognize the uh, amazing honor the Creator gives us by becoming His ambassadors and, and His representatives. And I just pray that we did a good job representing Him with honor and integrity and, uh, and His righteousness. So... It was an amazing trip, man. I'm telling you. It's a long... Let me tell you, bro. <laughs> let, let me tell you about the trip to New Zealand. Oh, boy. It was an amazing flight. It was a really <laughs> cool plane. Uh -huh. But it's got to be the longest day of my life. We <laughs> lost a day going there. We left on a Tuesday. We got there on Thursday. A Wednesday that'll never come back. No. Now, when I came back with my family, we left. Check this out. This is crazy. I don't understand it. Okay, we come back. 
We left at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Okay. And we arrived Los Angeles at the same Wednesday, but at 7 o'clock in the morning. How in the world can that happen? Well, I don't get it. You got the Wednesday back. That's what it was. Yeah, I yeah. don't know about Wednesday. I think I got two days in see, one. See, this is a classic example of the double portion. You is lost a day, <laughs> and then you got a du- and you had two Wednesdays in return. So right now, check this out. So right now, if you go to the time frame, it's already Shabbat over there. Oh, I mean, it's already Saturday. It's 4.59 in Auckland, New Zealand, oh. in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> and it's 2.59 in Sydney in the morning, oh. already tomorrow. Oh, my God. I mean, think about that. And no wonder by f- 7 o'clock in the evening, I got jet lag, dude. I want to go <laughs> sleep. <laughs> but, yeah, I but, like a light. But if I get to do it every year and go over there and minister to people, I will go anywhere. That'd be fun. I go anywhere. I don't know about Saudi Arabia, but mm-hmm. you know, if the Lord wants me to go, He'll send angels to lead the way and protect me from all the Muslims who want to oh, kill me. Oh boy! But you know, the that's Lord gonna be a lot of me. angels you're gonna need, uh, right? There's a lot of them there. Anyway, oh, man. Well, anyway, we, we we're back together, bro. I mean, we've yeah. been uh, we've been busy. Yes, uh, you've been busy. Um, a lot of transitions, good transitions in your life. Absolutely. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. And. Um, and I've been going through a whole bunch of stuff studying. I wish people could see what we're doing. I mean, I'm surrounded by books right now. Yeah, you, you, you somehow have more books than the last episode. That's true. You've, you've, they've, they've multiplied like rabbits. I got Amazing. a few more. I got a few more. And, and you know, the funny thing is, I read a chapter of each one, and then I remember. I don't remember what I learned and where I learned it. It's in there somewhere. I'm sure when you'll need it, it'll it'll just float back up. No, seriously, I was yeah. reading something. I said, "Man, that's really cool," and I'm and I marked it. Yeah. And I forget to make a connection to write it down to which book I got it from. Oh no. Because then I'm teaching it. I don't forget. I, I, that's not that's not very smart. You go through all the resources and then you forget which one. You need post-its. That's that's that's. What well, I do, and I always lose my place anyway. Oh man. Well, you know, it's a method to the madness. It's the madness to whatever. You're trying. That's what matters. I'm doing my best. <laughs> You're trying. All right, so what's the topic, man? What do you want to talk about today? Well, first, before we get to the topic, I want to shout out um, a very nice lady that I met at Revive who said that she is enjoying the podcast and that she wants to hear more, and which is always good to hear. If anybody's listening and they you know, see us at a conference or something... Tell us how. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Tell us any 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 critiques you might have, any constructive criticism. If you love it, great. If there's something you would like to see more of. Let us know. We'll maybe fold it into the show. Who knows? But uh, Raquel Guerrero, I'd like Guerrero. to Guerrero, I'd like to shout you out. Uh, you had very nice things to say about the podcast, and thank you very much. I hope you continue listening, and that it is very edifying. You know, I haven't had an opportunity to do more due to my schedule, but we have to start making more somehow, some way. We do. We, we got to start making more. I think these are enjoyable. I like it because it gives me a little bit more freedom. Yeah, exactly. From the normal teachings that I do, and um, I don't know, man. I enjoy it. Yeah, well, just hanging out with you. That's exactly. Kinda, I mean, the, cool. the 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 point of the, the point of this from the very beginning was just to give you an outlet to talk about a topic and go off on the tangents you usually couldn't because you'd be teaching somewhere and you have to stick to a certain time schedule. Here, you're it's a little more freeform. So if you want to go off for thirty yeah. minutes on a tangent, you're more than happy. Go for it. So uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today's you have question, some questions for me. I have one major question, and it, it will should encompass the um, entire amount of time. If okay. not, we'll just wing it. Who knows? But no worries. The main question is this today. Uh, what does it really take to be a teacher? You know, what are your challenges? How do you adapt? And how do you manage so many different groups okay. with their own distinct vibes and focuses? So let's go for the first one. Okay. What it takes to be a teacher. All right. A calling from the Lord. Right. This is important. You know, what happens, there's a... Many people feel that when they see you teach, um, that you flow from one topic to the next, or 
you're able to dominate a topic that anyone can just do it. Right. Anyone can study it, mm -hmm. can research it, but not everyone may have the calling to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. That's why in the Bible there are different types of callings. You can be a prophet, you can be an evangelist, you can be a teacher, you can be you know, a pastor, you can be, you know, whatever. There are different types of callings. Right. The problem is many people don't know their weaks and strengths. They don't know their, their calling themselves. Mm -hmm. For me, I quite clearly know what I'm called for. I'm, I've always been a teacher my whole life, mm -hmm. whether that was in baseball, as a former professional player and then coach and then manager and then leading an academy, you know, raising up people. So now the father trained me mm -hmm. to do the same job, but in the Torah and in the gospel. Uh, also martial arts, you know, yeah, exactly. that I've learned. I yeah. teach about three different systems and I'm learning a fourth one. Whew, and boy. even then I, we always talking about, you know, what are the variations anyway. Anyway, so uh, there are, everyone has a gift. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is that we know we we are not quite aware of what are our strengths and our weaknesses and what is really our strength. So sometimes people flow in the wrong calling, in the wrong role. Basically, right. May I say? Um, first of all, you need to be called by the Lord, mm -hmm. because if you're not in, uh, endorsed or sanctioned by the Creator to do the job, then you're going to do whatever possible to dilute the message, to be um, sensationalism. That's a sign of somebody who's trying to establish their own agenda. Now, again, I'm not saying that a person who likes sensational stuff may not have the calling. Right. But if you have a calling, the message will flow. You don't need to be sensational. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe that the, the, the prophets of Israel, mm -hmm. they were royal messengers, and they were, 90% of them were priests. Okay. You know, they're all because of the royal messengers. Right. The priests represented, you know, the yeah. Kohanim, the priests. They're the bridge. Right. They're the bridge connection between heaven and earth. They're the mediators, of uh, benefactors, all that stuff, okay? Honestly, Rico, becoming a teacher comes with a cost. Yeah. And I'm not talking about spending on books. I'm talking about the time that you sacrifice. Sometimes you spend years helping others. Mm -hmm. And they find someone else. And I don't mind if that happens because I understand this is like a like a four by four one hundred yard relay, you know, four by four. Yeah, yeah. You know, each each leg goes hundred yards. Exactly. And I find I have to find out where do I fit in your race. Uh, okay. You see what I mean? It's yeah. like I study and I research different things so I could run together with you through all the legs of the race. Mm -hmm. Many teachers they may not have the calling to do so. They may just focus on only temple. That may be one leg. Or they only focus on the restoration of the kingdom. They only focus on salvation. They only focus on certain topics. Right. I, for one, because I'm dealing with the Spanish world, mm -hmm. there's not the lights of all these great teachers in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I had to force myself to try to learn a little bit about everything, not to be an expert in everything, but to learn a little bit about everything in order to minister to the people in Latin America who don't have the same resources we have in the English-speaking world. Okay. So I need to know where I, where you are at. Where can I fit in your race? Mm -hmm. Am I the first leg? You coming out of the church system? Or am I the last leg? You come into a greater maturity and understanding righteousness, justice, the temple, and things like that. Okay. And I have to be perfectly fine and willing to accept that someone along the road may need 
to find another teacher. And mm-hmm. I need to let the baton, I got I to gotta let you hand that baton to the next teacher. Yeah. But this is my problem. Mm-hmm. My problem is not hanging over the hand... Handling, hanging over the, hanging, did I say that right? Handing. Yeah, handing, I'm sorry. Handing over the baton. I don't have a problem with that. Right. My issue comes when you hand the baton to another teacher and then the person becomes ungrateful of the time that I dedicated to them. Mm. Because now they fall in love with another teacher. Now they criticize what I was able to bring. And I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah. And that's the disappointment. Mm -hmm. That if you say, well, Rico, help me until this point. And then the Lord provided another teacher who helped me go to the next step. It's like in high school. I mean, do you remember one of, if you go back, Rico, to your high school days. Right. There was always one teacher that was your favorite. Yeah. Okay, but you cannot take that, he or she, to the next grade with you next year. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you have to, that was a ninth grade teacher. It was, it was just a stepping stone to a, to a, a bigger future. Right. So that's exactly what happens in the Torah. So I study and I research a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I go through. Oh, yeah. You see me here every day. Yeah. 7 o'clock, 7.30, I'm already in my office. Yep. You know? People don't know that. No, they don't. You know? And and I study because I want to help people have a greater understanding of the heart of the character and the integrity of my king. Mm. Not because I want to be smart. That's something that I changed eight years ago. Eight years ago, I made a conscious effort, and I decided that I want to study because I want to serve. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best servant I can to lead people on the path of righteousness that God has set out for him. Not to follow me, mm-hmm. but for me to be a, to, to lead them on the road, but I have to walk with them. Yeah. I can't send them, I can't send them walking on the path that I'm not willing to walk myself. Exactly. So 90% of the time being a teacher, you lead by example. Okay. Words meaningless if you don't live it. You have to live the life according to what you teach. If you don't do that, mm-hmm. you're just a hypocrite. And then you're not going to make an impact on anybody. Sometimes the example is greater than the words. And people don't get that. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. You know, if we would only understand that, we would eliminate a lot of the problems that come with all this stuff. Yeah, that's that seems to be a big issue with a lot of other teachers that are kind of that aren't necessarily called. They either can't accept the fact that they may have a more restricted, not restricted, but a more isolated role within someone else's grander, you know, journey. Mm-hmm. Or they just don't understand that what they put out may not be the same as what they're saying. Well, you know? yeah, you know, one of the things that I tell people is like every single person ha- is equally important. Mm-hmm. Their roles may change, may be different, may be smaller than somebody else's. Yeah. But a local leader is equally as important as I am. And this is the one thing that I learned to value. Because sometimes we, we show up and we, we go places and people people treat us very nice. Yeah. 99.9% of the time, there's always that percentage of people who go to a meeting for an agenda. And you kind of, after a while, you've been around there so long, they just yeah. by the, by when they say shalom, you already know what they, you know, they're bringing. You can pick them out. You can, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize that. They Actually, I remember one time, it's kind of no. funny. I was, one guy that came in, and I looked at my wife, and I said, he don't like me. No. You know what I mean? I just walked in the room, and I saw his demeanor, and I said, he don't like me. In Spanish, I told my wife, el tipo no le caigo bien. You know, not, <laughs> not in a bad way. It's just for me to make that. I've been asking the creator yeah. to give me discernment uh-huh. because I want to get to know the room. My job is to minister to them mm-hmm. and to let the word, the creator, minister to them 
So I need to prepare myself to know what I'm getting into. It's like going into battle. You know what we do when we go to class and we warm up and, and we try to warm up and then we do technique yeah. and then we practice technique. And you know that when you get into the role, role means in jujitsu when we get on the ground and we start defending ourselves, technique goes out the window 99% of the time, you know, we don't even do anything right of what we practice. Yeah, it's all because, yeah, it's all just strength and muscle memory. And yeah, just, yeah. Just and then you have to flow all the time. The same thing goes as a teacher. You got to be called. Yeah. You know, don't pretend to. And that's the problem that's happening right now. You know, people go in, they come in new into the understanding of the Torah, and immediately, man, they just go on YouTube, and everybody appears to be a teacher. They don't know who they are. Yeah. Let me give you an example, and it's a sad story. Oh, boy. It's a sad story. It really is a sad story. There was a guy who used to be on my website. Uh-huh. Okay, and, you know, and he he always posted a lot on my website. And I talked to him, but he was trying to tell me, oh, you need to teach this. This is the most important topic, and minimizing everything else that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, look, man, I mean, if I don't agree with you, but I can't diminish what you're bringing. It's just that that's not what I'm called to do. Right. That's not my role. I, exactly. I, I'm not, yeah. I don't. You know? So, man, I even helped him with a blog to start off because I want to empower him. Right. Man, because I didn't agree with him, he started attacking me everywhere. Oh, no. And sadly, his fruit uh -huh. was rotten. Uh, the way he treated people. Yeah. And sadly, you know, we just got in the news about two weeks ago that he committed... He committed suicide. Oh, he, no. he murdered his girlfriend because he left his wife or some other lady. Oh, jeez. You know, and again, this goes not to speak bad about somebody who passed away, but this is the example of you have to consider who you listen to. What's the use of having great words come out of their mouth and their lifestyle, their integrity, their character is flawed, and they don't have a testimony. And and I, I saw that, I'm thinking, Lord, wow, you know... I learn from someone else's mistake. That's one thing I always told you, right? Exactly. Yes. You have two options. Yep. What did I tell you when you were a kid? That you were what? You get to learn from which ones? Yeah, from 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 the good and the bad. Yeah, but you learn from your mistakes or somebody or else's. From yours, exactly. I'd right. rather learn from your mistakes than mine. Exactly. So. And by the way, you have done that. So Ugh. you know you have learned from my mistakes. And elite, how much how much headaches are you keeping yourself away from? Oh, a few lifetimes worth. Right. <laughs> So sadly, this the the life of this person ended, you know, in a sad way. But I told someone like three years ago, I said, "Man, the way he's going, is not reflecting the character of the creator." Yeah. But I didn't go on Facebook, you know, bashing the guy no, publicly. No, no. I just saw the way in the direction. I'm thinking, Lord, you know, give me the wisdom not to do that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just give me the wisdom to to get away from that and keep me in my place, so I don't. I do not shame his name by my actions. And that's, so being a teacher is understanding your call, knowing your role, and staying within what God called you to do. Okay, so just stay in your lane. Pretty much. <laughs> you have another question. You have some more uh, points that yeah, you want to ask. It's, uh, it really deals with more, they're like sub-questions within that one question. Yeah, so, let's talk about those. Okay, so um, you've already kind of spoken about what the challenges are. Yeah. Um, go kind of more into how you manage different groups. How do you... So if, if you go from, let's say you go to a group in Minnesota that is just starting out and then the neck, and then maybe two days later you fly to Indiana and you focus on a group that's been in it for about 10 years, how do you, how, how do you read the room so well and how do you adapt you, the way your demeanor and the way you teach and the way you speak? Because 
I've been with you long enough to know that you speak in a completely different manner when you deal with something that's brand new, intermediate, and more advanced. Right. It's always different. It's always Normally, changing. the local leader gives me an idea who the audience is. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let me give you an example of how I measure people. Okay. Not in a bad way. This is just, I think it's, it's funny because I went through the same process. Mm -hmm. It's like when you invite somebody over for Shabbat for yeah. the first time and you know how far they are in their walk. <laughs> we talked about this before. You know how far, how far they are in yeah. their faith when they come in and they bring Manashewitz. Yeah. Because everybody brings a gift. Exactly. Which is a beautiful gift. You know, but when they bring Manashewitz for the, for, or Magen David uh, for, for the wine, uh -huh. that tells me within two or three years. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Normally. Right. You know, and so that, so the, the way they do, the way they ask questions, uh -huh. certain type questions, gives me the idea where they're at. And I have to be willing to be uh, where they're at, not minimize my audience. You never minimize and you have to respect your audience always. regardless. Right, always. Whether they're just a Christian trying to come out or someone who's been doing the 17, 18 years, but you have to respect your audience, give them the respect and the honor and meet them where they're at. Okay. And then always say, let me extend my hand and let me help you to what I'm studying so that we can bring, let me take you to the next step Mm -hmm. together let me share what I know because eventually maybe you'll learn something that you may give me your hand of fellowship and you won't raise me to his level oh, okay you see it's a it's a reciprocity it's a reciprocal right. relationship many people unfortunately mm -hmm. when we are walking this a long time we sometimes feel like people don't know any better so they have to shut up and listen and that's normally what happens in certain circles um, that the attitude is different mm-hmm and I've learned because I never liked anyone feel like that. And let me tell you how I really learned this. Not only in baseball, but also in the tactical training that I do. Yeah. There was a particular gentleman who was genius. What he was saying was an amazing class about veins and and and, uh, and uh, arteries and the differences and how to save a life. Uh huh. But he was using in the great presentation of the information itself. He was using a language that was demeaning to the audience. Okay. He would say something like. Oh, man, I'm just, you know, you may not understand this, so i got to water it down so you guys can get it. Well, he kept repeating that over and over and over, and after a while, I started laughing because he had all the information. Uh -huh. He had the know-how, <laughs> but the way he was conveying the message was making us feel like idiots. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I, I did not like the way that felt. So I learned from that experience, and I said, okay, how can I learn to frame the information? that I could still be bold, uh -huh. zealous, passionate, give you evidence, but not make you feel like... Off-putting. Yeah. yeah exactly. Not make you feel like you're not worthy, or you're not worthy, or that you're not at the same level. No, I believe everyone deserves the respect right. and the honor. My job is to try to hopefully minister to you that you feel, wow, I want to learn that. And how can I? Mm -hmm. And then try to give that hand of fellowship to say, you can get it. Let me share the resources. Right. And then I share resources. Yeah. And then I share articles and things like that. And then so, you kind of see, see the land for other potential teachers. to. Oh, you have up. to. Yeah, That's future, what we're called yeah. to do, make disciples. Yeah, exactly. Right. I can't be selfish. No, 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 you can't. It's, it's yeah. That's a tendency, though. It is, because you have this great knowledge and you just think, oh, I, I want to learn more. I, I want to keep this. And if you share it, and it might it might diminish your own knowledge, which is something everyone is kind of afraid of when they when they come into that sort of thing. It's easy to do, man, because um, 
I don't know if you notice when I, you know, clearly you know me very long. <laughs> but one of the things that you know about me yeah. is that you know me before Torah and after Torah. Yes. And you've seen the differences. Yes. So I don't know if you pay attention that I don't really like talking about, people ask me about my testimony mm-hmm. and I normally don't give it because it's mine. Yes. You know, it's my testimony. Right. I'll give it to you if I want to. You know what I mean? But I'm very careful what I say too. Because when I start talking about my past, it was all about I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. And in the world that I lived in back then, it was blurred. I didn't know which one. Okay. They were, they were one and the same. Right. Because okay. anyway, so in Torah, uh-huh. the more knowledge, the more air of know-it-all attitude we have. And it happens to all of us. I've yeah. been through that process. And thankfully, my king kind of corrected me. Mm-hmm. So I was able to surround myself with people who know more than me. That's the key. So I called someone on a subject matter, like Joseph Good. Mm-hmm. And I said, will you be my teacher? Yesterday, bro, I'm studying with him the Mishnah, right? Yeah. And he's saying, I'm going to teach you how to study the Mishnah <laughs> about the temple. Midot okay. and Tamid and Josephus were reading that. And we only covered that three paragraphs of Midot, and we spent an hour and a half on things that I thought I knew Uh that I had no idea. Uh, On a subject that I've been studying for 20 years. Yeah, and just for reference, these are things that he's been studying for years already, that that you've looked at Hundreds of times, yeah. And now he and now Joseph Good is coming with a new perspective that just blows your mind. Well, I just read that whole tractate yeah. Midot on the plane when I was coming back. I mean, when I was going back to New Zealand. Yeah. When I was going to New Zealand, and he says, "Okay, open this, or do this, or that." Oh, what, what do you see here? What do you see there? And I'm going like, "What? Well, this is the same thing." He said, "No, pay attention to that little word." And I'm going like, "Oh my!" I just I, read this. What I do just, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Yeah. Because it makes me realize I still need to learn. Exactly. I need a teacher. Yes. You know, I need to humble myself and say, wow, I never saw that before. And then now I'm all excited because I made another appointment with him next week. I, mm-hmm. I need to learn more about that because it only enhanced my understanding. And it's like when we go to class. When we go to class, how often do I struggle in class? As much uh, as I do. All yeah, time. right. Yeah, all we time. struggle. And yeah. there are days when you have a good day and I have a good day and we both got good days. And, yeah. you know, and the beauty is that we're willing to go through the struggle. So when the time that matters, we know how to defend ourselves. Exactly. That's exactly what happens in the Torah. Okay. We go through this to the struggles and we go through the whole study. So that when the time somebody tries to challenge us about the integrity and honor of God, we know how to defend his honor. Exactly. I mean, okay. his name great. You see? Yep. That makes sense. So what other question do you have? Follow your notes. Let me see what you got. I mean, we're, we we blasted through this faster than I thought we were. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah. You should know by now, man. Okay, every other episode's been like one question that we just go off on crazy tangents for. So I'm just kind of wondering. Okay, actually, you know what here? I, I do want to make a quick point. So you mentioned something earlier about whenever you're trying to rise up to be a teacher and, and, you, and you have the calling, right? But some people don't have the calling. And they are afraid that their message won't be heard or that it'll be diminished. And that makes me think because there's there's always there's there's a philosophical principle that um, deals with the way stories are written, right? And the story of your own life, you are the main character of your own story, right? You're the main character of your story. I'm the main character of mine. Yeah. But at the same time, it's difficult to think of yourself as being, oh, 
I might be the most important person in my story, but at the same time, I'm a very small part of someone else's. So to have to think about yourself in a much smaller capacity in someone else's life can be very difficult if, if, you, if you don't have the confidence to know that what I know is empowering for myself and I can add to your life and I can add to your journey. But if I don't believe that, if I'm not called to study and think that way, it's going to be much difficult to, well, predict, to accept that. that. That is true if you're talking about the secular arena. But when you deal with the um, with the biblical narrative, right? The beautiful thing about the Bible is incredible. This is something that I've really delved into the mm -hmm. last six seven months. Yeah, um, I've been studying righteousness and justice for a while. You mm -hmm. know that. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I notice is that every single person that comes into the gospel or the Torah, whatever you want to call it, yeah, they all have been chaotic, whether spiritually, physically, or emotionally. Yes. So all the experiences that I've had in my life mm -hmm. um, can be able to communicate with something in your life because we have one thing in common. We all were oppressed somehow, some way. Right. Whether by society, by our own decisions, whatever. We have all been through something. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, that's why I love the biblical narrative, is that it shows men like Abraham. What a great man of faith. The Lord says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But this guy, he goes to Egypt and he gets afraid of, he, uh, of the Pharaoh and gives us his wife. He did it twice. <laughs> he, he did it to Abimelech, you know. And then the third thing, his son does the same thing. Uh, so here we have a great man of faith. Yes. Abraham, our father, right? The, the father of our faith. But, but he's still a man. But he's still a man. But he's still a man. But everybody can everyone can relate with his struggles. Yeah. This is a man who went through famine. Yep. It's a man who was asked to put his son on the altar. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we all look at David. No. Oh. David is the greatest king in Israel until Messiah, of course. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this guy was rejected by his own brothers. I mean, think about this. The, 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 the prophet shows up. Yeah. Samuel shows up. And, okay, Jesse, where are your kids? And they line them all up. Everyone forgot about David. <laughs> it's like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, is anybody else? Oh, we remember. Uh, we have a little brother. He's a shepherd. I mean, he's, he's the outcast. Yeah, he's somewhere out there, I think. Right. Don't tell me that people cannot relate to that. Right. I mean, you have all the stories. Ruth. Yeah, a pagan woman mm -hmm. that an act of kindness helping a widow you know move the heart of God to give her a great gift a prince of Israel from the tribe of Judah and out of her womb would eventually become this, the, the kids or the, 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 the people mm -hmm. who will give birth to the king of Israel I mean think about it Yeah. so everyone can relate the prodigal son story is a classic story yeah that's 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 part of my story of, right of my life i've i've personally experienced that that type of story before i didn't sleep with any pigs thank god but <laughs> just not talk about that element elements elements of that story i've i've personally experienced right so, yeah, it's yeah it's, it's i'm a classic example of a prodigal yeah. son they're all I've, they're all classic archetypes that we can live our lives to because like that's you know, what's structured our society sure you know i remember when my dad was alive my yeah. grandfather and my dad was an incredible man mm -hmm. when he had me when he was 36 years old so he was already you know not 20 and 25 he was already 36 37 so when I when I went into the world for all that time and I would come home 
and he knew I would come home to Puerto Rico so I was living in Venezuela at the time right he would always wait for me by the balcony wow and man I never forget it didn't matter and I never told him what I would do I mean, he never knew about my life outside the Bible mm. because my only fear was he would not be proud of me and I always I remember that one time I was going to make a decision that could have really impacted my life to the negative mm-hmm. and I was sitting there and I was I, I remember the movie that I watched a long time ago that said that someone was going to do something and the person in the movie said but if my parents would know about this would they be proud of me and that always stuck with me yeah so I remember I was gonna about to make a decision in my life that could have really created a lot of chaos you know looking back I'm glad and before I made that step I asked the question if my father would hear about this would he be proud of me and that stopped me so even though I was not living at that time a lifestyle conducive to to any blessing biblically because I was not following the way I do now. Right. But that fear of the Lord was still there in which I knew that I needed to honor them. Mm-hmm. So I went through that prodigal son stuff that I remember when I came back into the gospel. Yeah. I called my dad. Uh-huh. And I said, Dad, I'm coming home. He knew exactly what I meant. And he, man, he immediately started to weep because he was praying for me for 12 years. Wow. Faithfully. Yeah. You know, I mean, I will stupid stuff in the world. And he's prayfully all the time. When I will visit, he will always tell me, I can't wait to see you again in the gospel because you have a purpose. You know, he used to tell me. He knew. He knew. He knew all along. I remember one time that he was watching a big time, you know, preacher, mm-hmm. evangelist. I yeah. mean, I'm talking about stadiums. Yeah. You know, I've never, you know, reached that. But I've never talked to that many people. Only about 1,500 people tops, you know. That's still a lot of people. Let's not I diminish know. that. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> this guy was talking in front of 40 and my dad, I walk by. Yeah. And my dad says, you know, I know you got purpose. And I can't wait to see you preach in front of a stadium full. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, I was living deep in the world, bro. Oh, but I turned okay. around and I said, Dad, when I come back, I don't want to be like that guy. And he goes, you coming back? You, <laughs> That's all he heard. That's all he heard. That's all, you know, that was enough. He, he didn't care what I did. He just says, you coming back? Are you thinking about it? <laughs> And I just said, no, and then the other guy walked away. <laughs> but years later, yeah. I came back to the gospel, uh-huh. and I started uh, diving into Hebraic roots context. Uh-huh. And I remember I taught at a church, and my first teaching was on the Sitiyot, you know, Talid. Uh-huh. And I remember my dad sitting in the back row, never saw him look the way he did in my life. And I played baseball. He was proud of me for playing baseball and being successful at it. Right. But I never saw him looked at me that way before. So after the teaching, I went to him and said, Dad, I gave him a hug. And I said, Dad, I, you know, did you enjoy the teaching? He goes, yes. And I said, why did you look at me like that, Dad? He goes, son, I said, you were teaching. I prayed for you for all that time. <laughs> and he said, I'll never forget these words because it really got imprinted in my heart when he said that. He goes, I cannot believe that God would give me a former drunk, you know, um, fatherless and motherless, with no family. And he said, a hoodlum, because he was in gangs and stuff in New York. Yeah. He goes, I cannot believe that God would give me a preacher or a teacher of his word. Wow. To him, that was the most amazing thing. You know, and I thought that I disappointed him because I never got to the big leagues. You know, I never reached that level, even though I could have. It just didn't work out. Right. And I'm glad I did now. But he says, no, preaching the word of God is the ultimate honor that I could have. And that's when I realized that we all have a part in this world. 
His role was to worship, to sing, and to pray, intercede for me. You know, it's amazing that once I came back a few years later, yeah, he passed away. Mm. Oh, man. You know, but he knew that his last words to me was, I'm proud of you. And he said, you're the reason why I breathe, because I was his only child. Yeah. And he says, and now I could die happy, because I know the Lord has given you a good wife, Jolie. That's all he was waiting for. He used to tell me, I don't want to die until the Lord gives you a good wife. You know, I mean, these are the experiences that we go through. and It comes with a cost, man. Yeah. And my biggest ministry is not the people. My biggest ministry is my family. You know that. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, you, yeah. you know as my son. And, you know, what I would like for you to continue my footsteps and teach the word. What father would not love his son to follow in the footsteps? But this is something that you mm-hmm. have to want to do. And that you have to be called to do. And like I always told you, if you become a great father and a great husband and raise kids with the fear of the Lord and you become a good man, a good citizen, I'm happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's always been my, uh, up to now, it's always been my goal. It's just to, whenever, like every decision I've I've tried to make, it's always been towards that. Just, I want to be a good human being. Right. A good person. And if I can be a, a good human being, then I'll know I, in the very least, I did that. Well, you know, this is a journey we're in. So yeah. becoming a teacher, and by the and you have done that, by the way. You've become a very good human being. I'm very proud of that. Thank you. And, um, you know, when it comes to teacher, it comes with many challenges, many frustrations, mm-hmm. days that you just don't want to worry about anybody anymore. And then again, you have this heart for teaching and for the people that you just have to continue. Yeah. You have to be fully committed mm-hmm. that when things get difficult, you don't quit. In the middle of battle, you can have a quitters and cowards. Yeah. You know, if you say you want to teach the Word of God and you are blessed and you are open doors and then you quit on me, it's like, okay, I got to keep going. I can't wait for you. That's a slap in the face. I'm not, I'm not going back to look for you. Exactly. And yeah. it sounds mean and harsh, but I got, a pre- I got a place to go to. I got a mandate from the Lord. I'm yeah. going to continue to move. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's even in the Scriptures. That, that's, that's what happened with Abraham and Lot. He has to... That's right. That's, that same thing happened. Like, that's not... It's not... It's... It kind of sucks sometimes, but that's the way life is. That's the way it sometimes it needs to be because sometimes the people that are around you that just constantly don't want to be there or quit are just toxic. And they need to go off on their own and learn, and then they can return and enrich both of your lives. Yeah. You know, but until that happens, sometimes you just have to cut them off. Well, yeah, and, you know, we all have to – if we start worrying about those people who don't want to walk with you, yeah, you're never going to reach the potential God has for you. You know, I mean – I have to be willing to walk with people if they're willing to walk with me. Exactly. But if they don't want to walk, I'm sorry. I can't sit there and wait for you. I got a mandate. I got a calling. I have to be obedient to what God calls me. And sometimes it happens a lot that you start with friends uh-huh. in ministry. And then after a few years, they're not anywhere to be found. And I'm thinking, did I do anything wrong? I said, no, I just continue walking and they stay behind. It doesn't mean that I don't want to talk to them. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to spend time with them. It's just that when it comes to ministry, I got to continue to follow the cloud. Exactly. We how, can't stop. How can you follow the cloud when I, when my head is turned backwards to you? Exactly. By the way, this is the problem that we have in ministry. Yeah. In ministry, we are so focused on people and we should. Yeah, absolutely. But we forget that we are supposed to represent God on the earth. And follow the cloud mm-hmm. to the land. Not to focus on people only. When you focus on people, and the Bible tells us, you focus on those people who are in need. Mm-hmm. You empower them so they can continue to move forward. You feed the hungry. Yeah. 
you take care of the needy. Exactly. And the fatherless, you give them, you know, and the widows, you help them. Mm-hmm. For what? So they can stay in the same place? No. No, so they can walk with you. You teach the man to fish so he can feed himself. Right, and then you start walking. Precisely, with. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, this is the journey we're in. Um, I love the work that the Lord has given me. Uh-huh. Man, I'm just blown away. I, I've been able to be a few, few countries that I've been to. Understand where I am come from. I'm from Puerto Rico. Small little island in the Caribbean. Grew up in California. Yeah. You know, I've been through all kinds of crazy stuff in my life that people <laughs> don't know. And now I have the opportunity to take you and my family to all kinds of different places. And the way people treat us and the way they make us feel so welcome is because the Father has given us the favor. Amen. Not because I deserve it. No, no, no. But because if I disobey and I don't do my part, he's going to give that opportunity to somebody else. And I kind of like my job. It's it's a pretty good job. It's nice. It's hard, isn't it? It's tough. People think it's just we just sit here and, oh, Rico, well, you're not really a pastor because you don't have a congregation. Well, at least if you have a local congregation, you get to know your own people. Exactly. I get to get emails and phone calls from people I've never seen before. And now they want me to help them spiritually. I'm thinking, well, I don't even know you. So imagine the discernment you have to have in order to try to help give them a word of comfort. Daily, by the way. You know, and you have to set aside and yeah, you know, like, time. I've been in the car with you sometimes when you've gotten some calls. And I'm like, how do you how do you deal with this so often? Just some people. There are some people that just have, that will call you out of the blue with an, a very serious issue. Yeah. And expect you to really help. And I'm like, how do you how do you even address this issue? I'm sitting in the car. I've known you for years. And even I'm dumb struggling. I don't... I, you, you got know, me. I don't know. You know what goes through my mind is that I have to let the Lord encourage them mm-hmm. because sometimes we try to put our own things in it. Yeah. And that's the hard part because we always try to help people with our own experiences and things like that. But I have to, when that happens, I have to allow the Father to, for me to minister to that person through what He says. Okay. Because I know that if, if I share what he says and what he does, what he has done for us, mm-hmm. then the advice is going to be sound. Yeah, it's perfect. It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But it, it takes... It's, 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 it's interesting. It takes years. I like it. I mean, yeah. I, I really enjoy... I really love what I do. My point of contention and frustration is when people start getting into topics that do not edify and divide. Yeah. I mean, look, man, if people want to talk about some crazy stuff... So be it. We all have our own agendas, and sometimes we have our interest. Right. But I don't understand why people make it such a focus that that's the only thing they talk about. I know. I know people. I, it's always funny when people say, "Well, I don't really believe in this stuff, but I just like to research it." But then that's all they talk about. I'm thinking, but if you don't really believe it and you don't really like it, but that's all you're consuming your whole time. So I don't understand. That's contradictory. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. Human beings. We are all searching and looking for the next big secret. Oh, man. When all alone is in the Bible. Yeah. You so know, strange. So. But, uh, so how do you deal with having a father as a teacher? Because it cannot be easy for you. No, it's 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 not. It's. I'm not going to say it's hard. It's very interesting. <laughs> okay. It takes, it takes a certain level of just kind of stepping back and seeing what's happening on a bigger picture. Because I could sit here and say, oh, my dad never spends time with me. He never talks to me. Because, uh, yeah, I could do that. I could be that immature, or I could just take a step back and say, "He's doing. My father has ministered to me. He's done an amazing job raising me. I'm still alive, so clearly you've done something right." Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, so That's obviously fine, yeah. yes. 
but you're ministering to a much wider audience with a much greater message than you or I. Yeah. So that's it's again it, it takes like like teaching it takes a certain level of maturity to understand what's happening around you and what they're doing and be okay with that. You, but you know something it, though, as the same token, bro, I've always was mindful that I could not let ministry be more important than you. Oh yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I remember when you were younger mm-hmm. that I had to I lost 60 pounds to motivate you to lose 70 remember yeah I remember that <laughs> I was not happy with that when, when, when I first started but you know but, yeah. but you know what really pro- uh, provoked me to do that we were in Sukkot uh-huh. and we were training it was around 11.30 after Shabbat mm-hmm. we were well I said hey, let's go train a little bit so we were training and in the drills that we were doing you you were not doing it right uh-huh. And then you made a derogatory comment towards yourself. Uh-huh. And if we are so focused in ministry, we lose focus of what our family needs are. Mm. And that derogatory comment you made on yourself because you were very heavy at the time made me provoke me to, and I talked to you that night. I actually sat down with you after class yeah. and I asked you, you know, why do you feel like this? I, we stopped the training. That's right, we, we did. We sat down, yeah, that's right, we and did. I start asking yeah. you. We start. We talking to like midnight, you know, yeah. and and I, I and then after that, I decided to take action. I said, you know what? If I want him to make a change in his life, and I'm also heavy, I'm going to change. I want to be able to do my thing. Yeah. And that's when I went to Israel. I told my wife before I left, that's it. I'm going to lose weight, and I went to Israel. And I lost 30 pounds, you know, in one month, and then by by January it was 60. And then I remember you looked at me, you go, like, yo, man, I'm so ashamed. I can't let my dad look better than me. Yep. And the then, second I walked in the house and I saw it, I was like, oh, this is it. All right. <laughs> Time to lose weight. Oh, man. This is and, not going to be fun. But you lost 70 pounds, man. You look great. And, Thank um, you. So do you. you and you did good. amazing. Yeah. But it but it came from a comment you made Yes. that made me realize, wait a minute, my son needs me. Yeah. You know, because if I would have just said, oh, I got to go teach and it's going to be okay. No, 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 no. You needed some ministering at that moment. I mean, I've had to realize I can't let you thinking that way about yourself because I know that can be repercussions in the future. You can be very self-destructive in the future. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, that's how everything starts when you feel low self-esteem and you you have depression and then you have all that. And once you lost the weight, your whole life changed. Your whole view and everything changed. Everything changed. You know, so, so weird, man. But that's an example yeah. of when you are in ministry and you're busy because we were so cold trying to minister with a whole bunch of people, but yet you make one comment and I go, oh, wait a minute. My son needs me. Yeah. Like screeching tires. Let's stop this for a second. Yeah. And exactly. it's, at that yeah. moment, nothing really mattered. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, and I had to learn to do that. You know, I had to do that with my wife. You know, when she, we can travel, 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 but then she makes a comment and says, whoa, okay, she doesn't even have to tell me. I already know that my wife needs me right now. Yeah. And I have to be, I have to be able to say the world can wait. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem that happens to ministers is that we are so much loving to help people mm-hmm. out there because we love the people. We love the gospel. There's nothing greater than to see someone grow in the Torah and to love Messiah. Yeah. That sometimes we disregard the people closest to us. And that's why being a PK kid, you know, preacher's kids, they're the worst because they're always looking for that attention. Yep. And I've seen it. So have I. You know, gets, you know. It gets real crazy if you don't do it right. So this is something that I've learned from other people's mistakes. Same here. And I'm, oh, I'm yeah. just glad that I worked out pretty good. So anyway, so being, uh, doing teaching and studying and researching is only part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then presentation. 
Yes. How you manage, how you treat people. It's huge. It, it's extremely important, Rico. I have seen teachers that minimize their audience and they're just rude. Man. You know, they're, they're, they're just mean to the audience. And I'm thinking, but the Lord doesn't treat us that way. Now, I can still be bold and still say truth, but do it in a manner that will lift you up or make you recognize that we need change. Yes. But to be literally mean to people yeah. in our presentation and belittle and minimize people, I think yeah, that's uncalled for. There's a there's a huge gap between being bold and shocking and demeaning and insulting. And sometimes we don't know the difference because we're so desperately looking for truth that when we have a little bit of it, exactly. we become oppressors yeah. with God's truth. And that's when you're in trouble. Exactly. It, it's a very fine line, but it has very drastic different outcomes. Yeah. So... So this is something it's that we learned from. So it's well, listen, man. I mean, I'm glad that we got together and oh, yeah. we asked these questions. We're going to continue to do more uh, uh, with Cass. Yes, please. Together and right. talk about different topics. This time it was something that you asked me yesterday. Hey, why don't we do about how to be a teacher and do this? I think we need to do that. Remember, there are two types of messengers. There is a God's, God's messengers and there are self-appointed messengers. Mm. The God, God's messengers, they don't have time to minimize, to belittle, or to to or to accuse the audience. To be a stumbling block. Right. Right. They're just focusing on bringing the message God gave them. Good or bad, they only focus on that. Okay. Okay? In other words, I got to bring the message over there. I don't have time for your nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nonsense in the sense of things that divide. Just small, petty things that right. don't really matter right. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Or the self-appointed messenger. Right. Who has no message who has no calling. So in order for them to gain an audience, they have to minimize, belittle, mm. shame, and come up with topics that are so grandeur that only grab the attention of people for short term. And then they eliminate themselves because they have no message. It sounds like a very depressing way to live. Well, but you know, uh, for short term, there, there's long term or short term. And you know, I've always talked to you about this. Yes. You have to have a short term plan yep. and a long term plan. I'm planning for the marathon. Yeah. Many people in the Torah, they think it's a sprint. And they get tired of, uh, around the 50th, 60th yard. You know, it's 100 meters by the 60th meters. They lose you know, steam. They, they, they lose yeah. steam and then they get tired and they quit the race. Yeah. I've seen that over and over and over. And that's my advice I tell people every time they start following the Torah. Remember, this is a marathon. You may be the generation who may see Messiah come in the clouds. You may not be. So you need to think about the marathon. If you're only working in your life to see the coming of Messiah, and if it doesn't come in your lifetime, you get disappointed, you quit. Oh, but if man. you're thinking long-term, yeah. eternally, mm-hmm. Olam Havan, the world to come, that He will bring Tikkun Olam, the restoration of all things, and the whole, the, you know, that then you're thinking, okay, I'm going for the long-term. Even if I don't make it, if I don't see Him in the clouds alive, but when I die, I believe that he would that I get to see him from the resurrection. So you don't get disappointed if in your lifetime you don't get to see him in the clouds. But you got to believe that he will come. You right. see what I mean? Yeah. So how can I get you to understand as an audience that this is a marathon? That what really defines you as a follower of Messiah is your character, your integrity, mm-hmm. your honor. Because whatever you do reflects on your master. And for you to believe that no matter what happens, you're going to stay in the race. I'm going to run with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I grab you by the hands if I have to. That helps a lot. 
and then when you say and then when you're ready I pass the baton to somebody who can take you to the next level right and that's the challenging exciting scary at the same token people are very ungrateful sometimes not all of them there are many people that are right but there are certain types of people that have their own agendas the ones they get what they want from you they belittle you they throw you to the curve like nothing and then they start and they do it over and over and over and you know what they do they finish a race early mm -hmm. and they have no friends <laughs> you know and what happens is that's the journey of a believer you have to accept that that's going to happen and it's okay yeah it's, it's, it's nothing personal really that's true it's still a shame though yeah it's part of life we just have to continue to go it's just like when we get choked and we get on board and we get yeah. all that stuff and then we say get up the next day and say okay let's do it again <laughs> i'm all excited let me go get choked let me top five times you know right it's like yeah. when i ask you how to go oh it went great what did you do? I got tapped like five times and I loved it. I, I almost mean, died. It I was almost, awesome. I loved it. The guy choked me out. I was only three <laughs> seconds away from me choked out. I love it. I'm going back tomorrow. You know, you got to be out of your mind to do that. And that's what happens in the Torah. You get up in the morning. Yep. And if you're looking for people's approval, you will not get up the next day. No. You're only searching for the approval of the great king. Amen. 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 All right, bro. Thank you for the questions, my brother. My son. Well, thank you for the answers. They were very good. They were very. Well, you asked, so I had Taco the whole time because you keep asking me. Well, I'm. I, I mean, I'm. This is that's the point of it. I want to hear your opinion on certain things. This isn't the the Rico Junior Power Hour. This is the Witcast, man. The Witcast got you, man. Good exactly. job, bro. Good thank facilitator. You. Absolutely. Love you, man. I'll talk to you soon. And thank you guys for joining us for another uh, section of the Witcast. And we will try to do our best to continue to provide for you more content as far and as much as we're able due to our studies and traveling and everything everything else we're doing but we're going to do our best yeah i'm going to try to do the next one i'm not sure if i'm able to get him but i want to talk about self-defense mm -hmm. and uh and tactical training should a believer in messiah embrace self-defense and tactical training i think that would be kind of interesting and the gentleman that i'm going to bring he's uh he's a very good um shooting instructor he's actually a tour follower oh, wow. in tennessee okay very very good i'm hoping that i could get him so we can do an hour of you know what should a believer do should we learn to defend ourselves are we depending on that for the salvation no right but should it be necessary and how can we compare that to biblical narratives in which israel defending themselves so i think that'll be kind of interesting topic that, that sounds like it. even if i'm not on that episode i will definitely tune in that's you got it brother all right guys you have a good one thank you for joining us and may you be blessed and thank you for lending us your ears and uh, and your attention for this last 55 minutes. You know, <laughs> thank you very hearing much. Hearing me, hearing me, hearing us. It is, you know, it is much appreciated. Thank have you. Have a good time. Okay, man. We'll see you guys soon. Yep. See you guys shalom, soon. And uh, be blessed. Shalom. 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 shalom.